Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers played the Phoenix Suns without LeBron, without AD, without Austin Reeves, without... You know what? I think it might have been faster to name the players who were available for this one, and it went as expected. Obviously, not much to glean from this one, as I am recording as the fourth quarter is going on. Uh, This got out of hand quickly. Lakers made a couple runs, but never really got within any kind of range that would make the Suns particularly nervous, Um, at least of what I saw. Maybe, just maybe, you guys are listening to this after the Lakers made a miraculous comeback in the fourth quarter. That'd be fun. I would would love to sound like an idiot if that was the case, Uh, but... I am going to enjoy the rest of my night and not watch uh, what is barely an NBA team uh, try to compete against a, one of the best teams in, in the West. Um, I do, however, have a few thoughts that I wrote down heading into the weekend that I think are all the more kind of prescient now that it appears that Anthony Davis is probably out for a while we never got an update on that by the way and that's kind of worrisome Um, the lack of anything on this is really concerning as you know if it was good news they would have come out with it already if it's bad news and they're holding on to it then yeah that seems like the likeliest outcome the lakers might start bleep themselves right into another lost season Voltaire once said, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. It was the line I used on my wife when I proposed. It's worked out pretty well for me, but hey, let's play the safe and not ask Jen. The Lakers, partially because of past success in trades and perhaps because they've been scarred by own recent failures, uh, they've fallen victim to paralysis by analysis. That needs to change quickly. Heading into the season, the Lakers had some good options for reshaping the roster. They waited out until the summer and headed into camp with 37 small guards. They even traded for another one. It hasn't gone well. Now they sit at 13 and 17, still desperately need to tweak the roster, but are apparently hell-bent on landing a third star, even despite how that approach has played out with Russell Westbrook and how it went with they when they surrounded LeBron James and Anthony Davis with solid role players who could space the floor. Oh, and hey, apparently we all have to sit here and wait for the complacency to end for another month or so. Fantastic. Update. We're probably going to be waiting a lot longer than a month. Had the Lakers simply made a sensible move ahead of the season, yes, they would have risked some opportunity costs, but the team would be better right now and could arguably be near the top of the West standings with how mediocre their conference has been. Also, they would have a little margin for error while they wait for Anthony Davis, but as that is not the case, they have to play really well without him, and yeah, it's probably not going to go well. And sure, 29 other teams are probably interested in the likes of Kevin Durant, then to a lesser degree Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, and certainly to a much lesser extent Kyrie Irving. So the Lakers' interest in those guys is by no means some groundbreaking story. But those other 29 teams are also apparently more self-aware given the state of their asset chest in this front office. Also, if they're sitting on their hands foregoing good trades in the hope that maybe just maybe an all-star falls in their lap then they're at a very real risk of waiting too long to fix the roster. Probably waited a little too long to fix the roster. 
Quick side note, I've already written about DeMar DeRozan not being worth the wait, but I think we can probably say some of the same stuff about Beal. He's a fantastic player, but he has defensive limitations, and given his likely cost, I'd much rather go ahead and grab a few useful role players, even if it means they won't have a shot at him down the road. Opportunity cost swings both ways here. This all can be some elaborate scheme where the Lakers don't wind up making a move after unending scorn from fans every time they test balloon their latest far-fetched idea. We can't eliminate this as a, as a possibility, as Rob Palenka in the front office has leaked and at times explained every excuse under God's glowing sun why a trade hasn't happened yet. My personal favorite was at his introductory press conference last media day, Palenka explaining the Stepien rule to everyone listening, sounding like someone who would just Google it himself. I guess I'd also be hesitant to pull the trigger having been fleeced in, what, three straight trades now since the Davis deal was put on a silver platter for him. The most maddening part of all of this, and yeah, this rotates, is how difficult they've made a relatively easy task seem. Palinka and his team have roughly $65.2 million in, in expiring contracts, plus a host of minimums, two first-rounders, and a grip of second-round picks. All they really need to do is turn Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Kendrick Nunn into a few more stable role players. The idea this is some mythical task is obscene. Palinka had the hard part done for him. James and Davis both forced their way to the Lakers. Cool. There are you two stars any other executives would die to have. A couple years ago, he even had plenty of role players who fit with him, as well as a bunch of picks and a couple exceptions to improve the team. Instead, he's stripped down that championship roster and now can't seem to make up his mind on how to build a contender around two top 15-ish players in the NBA, one of whom is playing like an MVP, and that isn't even James. Sorry, but if the front office can't make this work... What the hell are they still doing employed? Oh, that's right. Genie Bus doesn't fire friends. She either extends them after god-awful seasons or waits for them to resign with no warning and bring all that embarrassment to the franchise only to welcome them back every time they hop on the trade machine. Miraculously, James and Davis have been able to keep the Lakers within striking distance despite playing alongside at least a couple guards at almost all times who can barely ride rides at the Six Flags. Again, they've done and continue to do their job. The front office can set its next arbitrary deadline whenever they want, but it all continues to appear as if they don't trust themselves to fix this. Given recent history, I get it, but they are running out of road and that can is looking pretty worn down. Now, I wrote that before the weekend, right? Um, I have obviously updated the record and stuff, but when I wrote that, um, Davis and James were putting together a really good season together. They had been competitive with just about everybody, and it looked like they were only a couple players away and think that they are only couples, a couple players away from legitimate title contention. This idea that like it would take some insane trade to vault them back into title contention given how mediocre the, the, the NBA has been this year is just ridiculous. And... Look, yeah, Palinka got his way, right? The the Lakers held out just long enough, or or, or not just long enough. They probably weren't going to be making a trade here for, for some time anyway. But the, the Lakers held out, and in holding out, were proven correct in uh, why they didn't want to make a trade and gamble on Anthony Davis staying healthy or LeBron James holding up in uh, as as a 38 year old star and you know what you know obviously there was some prudency there however and this is important and i think it's it's something that we should all really kind of take note of here 
But Danny Ainge is an interesting kind of Rorschach test in how people view the league. On one hand, trading, you know, Garnett and and Pierce for what they got from Brooklyn set Boston up for the type of success that they're having right now. Um, it was an objectively good move, smart move, and prudent move, given the direction that those guys' careers were going in and given what Brooklyn was willing to give up. Also, while Ainge was in Boston, and some of this might have to do with Boston, but I do think a lot of this has to do with Ainge. Remember, he also traded Isaiah Thomas after Thomas kind of wrecked his career playing through injury for him. Um, After Ainge does that stuff, no star wanted to mess with Boston. No star. Anthony Davis's dad went out of his way to say, I do not want my son playing for the Boston Celtics. And again, that might be some cultural stuff with the city of Boston, but I do think a lot of it had to do with Danny Ainge and the way that he did business. And that stars saw how the stars who won Ainge a championship were treated on their way out when they were traded. And and I think here, what Polinka is risking is like, yeah, waiting this out and eventually being proven correct in their concerns that Anthony Davis could stay healthy. Doing that was prudent. It is objectively, it was objectively now given the outcome here, probably the right thing to do. However, you now have that rep and it's going to be interesting to see how this goes with the next stars who want to come around or who might be interested in in playing for the Lakers. Do they wait for Palenka to no longer be running things because he has that Ainge stink to him? It's it's something that I'm going to start asking around. It's something that I'm sure is going to be at the forefront of some of these stars' minds. Hey, you, you messed around with the end of LeBron's career? LeBron? Like the best player, the greatest player of his generation? You messed with his career? And you sat out getting him help? Rather than, you know, you, 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 you elected to hold on to some picks five years in, in the future rather than get him the help necessary to either make the roster he played on a championship contender or bolster it in case the injury-prone Davis got injured. Yeah, this is an interesting one. And... Uh, this is one that I, I think will have reverberations for years to come. And given how brand aware Jeannie has always been with the Lakers, remember, they overcorrected, right? They saw how the they, 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 they gave Kobe the $48 million contract at the end of his career, post Achilles injury, before we saw him step back onto the court. And that is something that, James pointed to and other stars have pointed to as, huh, I would like to play for that organization. If that's the kind of loyalty that they show to their players. And yes, they gave LeBron an extension at this stage of his career. Uh, It's an extension everybody else would give LeBron at this stage of his career, but they haven't made good on the promises they made to James when he signed the extension. They haven't gone out and gotten, gotten him the help necessary to legitimately vie for a championship. And you know what? Whatever hits to his rep he takes here, whatever new reputation he holds, 
Like Rob Polinka was seen was a very popular agent when he was working, you know, for players, right? But now it's pretty clear he isn't working for the players who got him a championship. He's working for himself, right? He's working to remain employed by Genie. So far it's working, but I do think he risks putting a ceiling on what the Lakers are going to be capable of whenever this LeBron and Anthony Davis era is over. On that cheery note, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you check out, uh, I think it's, yeah, Jacob and Hani uh, recorded, I believe, after last night's game um, and, and reacted to whatever comes out of that one, as well as the lack of news regarding Anthony Davis. If we do get some, some late-breaking news, I will hop back on here and record an emergency episode. Um, So until then, or until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin, saying have a good one.